Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am super excited today, guys, because I'm joined by one of our best cappers over there in the Wager Pass and our NFL DFS podcast host here, uh, or co-host here, Mike Fiddle. Uh, Mike, it's been a while, man. Uh, I, I don't like, Actually, we've never talked, I don't think, on uh, you know Skype or anything otherwise. So uh, how are you, man? Uh, good to have you on here. I'm excited to talk about this five-game slate. Yeah, I mean, we've been... Uh ethos buddies for a while now this is the first time hopping on a pod and recording together we've been sharing the same dfs feed for a few months now i think the (laughs) uh loyal listeners will be happy to hear both of our voices together on this feed what are they doing together uh me and keith have known each other for a few months we do talk off air now we're joining forces i always told him that i was going to come over and join the nba sphere a little bit more once the NFL season wrapped up, for those of you who don't know me, because you may not listen to the NFL DFS show, my name is Michael Fiddle. I do host a podcast called The Advantage and the DFS Today podcast for NFL stuff. Uh, I am a longtime, longtime sports handicapper, specifically for basketball. I mean, although I host the football podcast and I'm very good at DFS football, basketball gambling is what brought me into this sphere into this into this space uh handicapping nba games is my bread and butter so to join keith and do a christmas show christmas (laughs) is when the casual fans say nba kicks off i've already placed like 85 bets on the nba this season so far uh so let's do it let's rock i got a i got you know five or six that i'm ready to give out today and I feel pretty good about this DFS slate, too. I love capitalizing on DFS slates, Keith, where there weren't games the day prior or no teams coming off a of back-to-back or we have yeah. the injury reports well in advance. We're not looking at a situation where we're going to have last-minute you know, scratches and, hey, mm-hmm. this value opportunity just emerged because this guy's having a rest night. Like We don't have to worry about that now. We know who's going to play. We could prepare and we could do what you know my formal capping does to get ready for these games is is this is kind of the slate that brings the most value to a brain like mine and how i analyze this stuff yeah it's ideal for me too because you know I, i'm pretty busy usually around lock so if you're busy around lock you can't play multiple lines but guys i will tell you i don't mention FanDuel a lot on this podcast but over on FanDuel they are running a christmas special on their big contest over there where you do get your entries back uh, if you do lose, so I would go ahead and take advantage of that from now until the 31st. If you guys play DFS every day like I do, I went ahead and just put, you know, if you have that kind of bankroll, put the money you're going to put in uh, from now until the 31st into this contest. You're going to get that money back in the form of site credit. So, you know, using taking advantage of, of promotions like that is another another big thing to get an edge here uh, on the books. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. This is good, a good slate. I'm excited here for, for you know, talking about this. But it's a five-game Christmas slate. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, but we do have a little bit of uh, injury news we want to keep on top of, uh, Michael. And we do have Devin Booker questionable with a groin injury. So that's a big one there. Uh, need to make sure that he's, you know, either in or out. We're not sure. Uh, you're shaking your head. You think he's going to be out for this one? I'm guessing Come so. On. Come on. <laughs> he, he has been out. I would lean towards him being out as well. But we don't know. We need to stay on top of it. But uh, Middleton continues to be doubtful with that knee injury coming back uh, from that surgery. Uh, Kemba Walker out with a knee injury. Dorian Finney-Smith out with a hip injury. Injury. And Draymond Green is questionable with a foot injury. I would say is for in terms of implications for those uh, injuries, though, not a whole lot, honestly. Like you said, uh, you know, Michael, we can 
kind of just cap the stuff and, and know what we're to expect here. So it is a good DFS slate for us here. Uh, but let's go ahead and just start you know, digging into these games here. We've got the first one on the slate here is Philadelphia and the New York Knicks. Philadelphia favored by two and a half points. These are DK uh, lines, by the way. Philadelphia favored by two and a half points on that website, and it's a 217.5 game total over there. So uh, I'll, I'll you know, shoot it to you, Mike. Who do you like on this uh, in this game in terms of DFS? Love the Sixers. Jumped on it at minus two myself. Would still play the minus two and a half when I'm capping NBA games. Not overly worried about the spread before it gets to five, six. Six and a half is the main threshold that it crosses because if you're talking about late game free throws, you're probably still going to foul in the late game. And if you end up winning by two and having a bad beat on a two and a half because you miss a free throw or the other team, you know, has a late cover on a layup, like that's a bad beat and you'll chalk that up. I don't mind laying a two and a half spread in any scenario where I like the team. And I love Philadelphia in this spot. The Knicks win streak recently or just recently ended, but the Knicks hot streak that they've been on has been because their opponents have been shooting sub 30%, like 27% yeah. from three over that stretch. They faced some weaker competition. Uh, having Harden, who is, I think, a phenomenal DFS play, probably my lock of the slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Harden against this team and just the way that Harden plays, one, he's going to be going up against Quinton Grimes. Everyone's loving this Quinton Grimes. He's the heart and soul of the Knicks' new defensive <laughs> look, and he's such a Tibbs guy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, young buck, mm-hmm. welcome to James Harden basketball. Would not be surprised at all if if Quinton Grimes has two quick fouls, three fouls in the first half, and has played eight minutes. Like, Harden <laughs> knows how to use his body. He knows how to pick his spots. He knows how to use his angles, footwork, all those things. And most of all, Harden's, like, assist rate to three-pointers is sky high. So he's going to open the floor. And what he does exactly distracts what the Knicks, you know, like to stop. And what the Knicks like to prevent is what Harden excels at creating. So love backing Harden and the 76ers in this spot. Also, Embiid, I mean, there's some there's some great DFS plays. I'll, I'll stick it at that. I also jumped on the under at 219 and a half. Uh, now down to 217. There's a lot of under steam uh, pretty much on all the Christmas games, but especially this one. Mm-hmm. It's starting to worry me how public this is getting uh, mm-hmm. on the under spot. I don't know if I would jump on it now at under 217 and a half. I'm on the under 219 and a half. It's nice to have a you know plus two points of value and some closing line value here. Don't know if I would jump in on it. Definitely would jump in on the minus two and a half. I like it, man. And yeah, James Harden, 9,700 on this slate. I think it's uh, got to be my favorite spend up on the entire slate as well. I, all the reasons that you mentioned, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, just the fact that Knicks can't handle big guards. I mean, they've got Brunson back there. And as you said, they got Grimes back there. And uh, I think it's an easy call to fade those uh, Knicks guards because of that reason. You know, they're going to foul out or get a lot of fouls here. And here's an, a couple of guys on the Knicks I do have interest in, though. And it's um, because, you know, on the other side of that, we have on the Sixers, we have Embiid, who also likes to get people, you know, in foul trouble. And so I like I like to fade the starting centers usually. So I do have a lot of interest here uh, on the other side of the ball in DFS uh, on the Knicks for with Isaiah Hartenstein at 3,200. He's near minimum pricing here. Uh, I'm pretty much going to slate him in for about 
20 minutes or so. And 20 minutes of Isaiah Hartenstein, I mean, you can easily get 20 DK points there, which is going to get 5x value or, or better. So, um, you know, I think that's an easy easy call for me to, to lock him into uh, many of my lineups here. I'm, I'm playing multiple lineups for the first time in a while here because I do like this slate a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, opposing bigs, I think Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, not only does he have a propensity to foul, but he has a propensity to try to block too many shots. So uh, I'm hoping he gets in foul trouble early and I get a few extra Hartenstein minutes there. And I think if you want to go super big brain pivot and uh, really, I don't know, if you have the cojones for it, Jericho Sims at, at actual minimum salary at 3000 I think he could creep up in that 15, 18, 20 minute range also uh, if Jill MB just happens to get both Hartenstein and Mike Mitchell Robinson in foul trouble. So uh, I do have interest in those guys there, but. Any other thoughts on this game on the Knicks side? Do you like anybody uh, for DFS or uh, props or anything like that? Yeah, so a few thoughts on this game for DFS. Well, one, just want to hit the Harden point real quick. If you're playing Harden, which I think me and you, Keith, we both definitely are, you got to slot him into the shooting guard slot. Leave your point guard slot open. There's a, there's other high usage players that we can get involved in that point guard role. So, like, you want to make sure that you can get – part of what make Harden so great is that he's under 10,000 and can fill – that SG slot on the, you know, I think the NBA is positionless. I argue that they should all be utility on DFS. <laughs> we should have no positions at all. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> if we are stuck in these ancient times, uh, let's slot Harden as a shooting guard and take advantage of that. And then here's my other thought for this game, Keith. Mm. Both of these teams play short rotations and high uh, minutes guys. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of public steam, like I said, towards the under. So, I have a lot of I have a feeling that a lot of people's GPP contests are going to try and stack other games thinking, oh, this is going to be the game that has higher scoring. You know, the Denver Phoenix game has a total at 230 and a half. You know, the mm-hmm. the Lakers uh, Mavericks game is like, you know, 226 or something. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure where it's at right now, but like there's these other games with much higher lines. And there's a lot of public bets on the under for this particular game that if you're going to like split your if you play cash contests, if you play GPPs, this is a great place to target for some GPPs. Like if you want, there's a chance that this game, because of the amount of free throws that the 76ers shoot and the efficiency at which those players shoot them with, there's a chance that the that, that uh, the Sixers put up 120 points and this game goes 120 to 111 and it's a great game to load up on for DFS. So I think if you're playing in a few GPP tournaments, you might want to absolutely stack this game, which means like, yeah, Hartenstein, great value and po- possibility. I personally think Mitchell Robinson can provide phenomenal value going up against Embiid in a game where it is sharp towards the under. Maybe there's a ton of rebounds up for grabs. Maybe it's a slower paced half court basketball and he does get those block shots. Maybe he doesn't get into foul trouble and he's playing 36 minutes, 33 minutes under Tibbs. So I think Mitch Robinson provides value for the exact same reason you think Hartenstein provides value. I like it. And that's a difference of opinion, but we have the same concept there. So I like that a lot. Uh, but let's move on. Let's go talk about the Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks. This is uh, currently the Mavericks are favored by eight points. And the total actually on DK, at least, sits at 230. Uh, you were saying, you know, 220. So it must have climbed uh, since you last looked at it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's climbing there. But let me ask you, um, you know, LeBron James. 
He is 10-5 on this slate. It's a bit of a spend up there. Um, and we've got the narrative going for him here. I looked it up here. in twenty in Last year, LeBron James actually became the all-time Christmas Day scorer at 422 points, surpassing Kobe. I know you, you probably don't you know, buy into a lot of narratives, as I don't. Um, but, I mean, what do you think about LeBron here uh, against this Dallas Mavericks? He's going to try to show out Luka. Is he, you know, there's no Anthony Davis here. Is the usage going to be enough? All right, let's just talk some hoops for one second and pull mm-hmm. this away from the DFS world, Keith. One, let me let me explain my bias. Do you know what my dog's name is? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. so the no, I don't think I don't know if the listeners do though. Listeners, my dog is named LeBron. So I have a girl dog named Bronny. So uh, I am always I am the biggest LeBron stand fan you could possibly find. I have a few thoughts though heading into this game. Yes, LeBron loves his national TV spotlight games. Right. LeBron knows that we are all watching this. LeBron, of course, has the most points in Christmas because he's playing every damn year and he's doing it for 20 seasons plus, putting up 28, 8-8. Eight eight. So my only concern with LeBron in this spot, and he's probably in my lineup, and there's probably a lot of players that I want to target in this game, especially because the total's climbing. If the Sharps are betting the over in this game, we want to try and back that and pick off value here. So if you're playing cash, I know I just said target the Knicks games. That's for a GPP where you're saying, I want to finish in a top 5% if things go awry that my lineup can hit. In a general cash game where you're trying to play into the smart angles, what the betting experts are doing, you want to see this total climb and think that's a game where I want to target for role players. So certainly this is a game where like there's a lot of possibilities here, but my mind is spinning with this. So Keith, do you know what the Lakers travel schedule has been the last week? Off the top of my head, I do not know. All right, I'm going to quickly pull it up. Lakers schedule. Okay, so they were just on a road trip. They played uh, their last three games on the road. Mm-hmm. Travel, travel, travel. Mm-hmm. Tuesday off day. Travel home for Christmas. I mean, not Tuesday off day. Christmas Eve off day. Sa- uh, today, Saturday. I don't know why I said Tuesday. <laughs> travel home for um for to be with their families in LA mm-hmm. and tomorrow morning Dallas. tomorrow morning or late tonight probably late tonight traveling late tonight, to Dallas yeah. it this is, is non-stop and brutal travel mm-hmm. schedule for these Lakers it is why we're seeing the Lakers line be slammed for like the, the people are slamming the Mavericks I think this line opened at six it's now eight or eight and a half for the Lakers crazy uh mm-hmm. I'm not going to be backing the Lakers in a betting angle. If I had to jump on this, I would jump on the Mavericks money line since we crossed that six and a half point threshold that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So like late game fouling, if it is close, they're not going to Lakers aren't going to foul the Mavericks to a nine point lead. So that's why I like the, the Mavericks on the money line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just so torn with this travel schedule that where are the minutes going to go? Like, is Patrick Beverly going to get 30 minutes like he's been getting the last few games? Mm-hmm. If so, he's a phenomenal DFS play. Mm-hmm. Is Thomas Bryant going to be getting 33-34? Are we going to see him and Wenyan Gabriel split the center's minutes? So, like, what are your thoughts? How do you see some of these minutes distribution for the Lakers going? Because that is hugely important to how we play this slate well that's why i think you know i think that's why i think lebron is has to be in my lineup and you said you said he'd probably be in yours as well because he i mean his minutes are safe there's no way his minutes are gonna get cut uh like you said it's a national game um it's up against one of the you know 
I guess questionably one of the MVP candidates uh, in Luka Doncic. So you know LeBron's going to show out. He's going to try you know put on put on a show here. So I st- I think LeBron's safe to go to. But yeah, I, I'm with you where I think you know it's pretty easy to fade the rest of this lineup. I mean it's pretty easy to fade the rest of the Lakers in general. Um, I did see a couple of guys here though that I, that I do think are, are relatively safe. And you already mentioned one of them, uh, which you know you kind of stole my thunder there. But uh, Austin Reeves at 4100. I think you know he's a young up and coming player. He's a guy that. Uh, still needs to kind of sow his oats in the NBA. So I think he's relatively safe here, but I do think he's going to be high owned. And I think there's a, a potential here because of that travel schedule and everything you were talking about, that he could put up a stinker here. Uh, I mean, if you filter defensive rating on NBA.com by guards, the Mavs are actually ranked third in defensive rating. I know you, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that, but I do think, you know, the, the Mavs have a pretty deceptively stout defense. So I'm not like super into many of the Lakers here, but you did mention Patrick Beverly and I'm actually into him at 3,700 just because of that salary. I don't want to sink a bunch of, yeah, yeah, I don't want to sink a bunch of salary into these guys. If, if like you said, you know, this is shaky. I don't know if the Mavericks going to blow this out. I don't know what's going to happen here, Um, but I do think Patrick Beverly in a matchup where, He's probably going to get some possessions on Luka Doncic. He's probably going to get a few steals. He's probably going to you know, shoot a few threes here, 3,700. He has to hit 5x value uh, for us to really think he's a good play on this slate. And he's done that in the last five of, five of the last seven games. Now, is he going to play 30 minutes? That's a good question because I can't guarantee that. Like you said, with that travel schedule, with the potential of a blowout here. So – I think there's better plays probably on the slate here that are under 4,000. But I think if you wanted to, to roster a Laker or if you needed a guard there, I think Patrick Beverly is the one guy that would slot in there. So a, f- a few reactions to what you're saying, Keith. The, uh, regarding the Reeves situation, if you're playing LeBron, I think you play LeBron with Reeves. Those are guys that are stacked together on the court. And like if LeBron's getting heavy minutes and they're going to be playing competitively, he likes Reeves out there with him. He's very trusting of his you know, outlet shooter in Austin Reeves. So Reeves will be on the court for, you know, 36 minutes too, if it's competitive. Now, if it's not competitive, and if you're saying, okay, the Lakers travel schedule has been so tough, that makes me want to fade LeBron. Sure, he already he already has the Christmas record. We know LeBron cares about Christmas records. He already has it. So like, mm-hmm. he ain't worried about this one tonight. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're in a really tough spot. Maybe he prioritizes the next five games and takes this one a little bit off, you know? Mm-hmm. So, do you play Russ, you know, in those situations, if that's your thinking? And if Russ gets, you know, his 35 minutes, Russ breaks the slate at, at you know, mid-7-5 seven, seven, or whatever he's at. I, I love Patrick Beverly. It's really hard for me not to play pa- Patrick Beverly. I think Thomas Bryant also presents some value because of the minutes that he's been getting. Scares me that Dallas kind of plays five out a lot, so that's going to pull him away from the basket. He's going to get less rebound opportunities, less block opportunities, but the minutes and the, you know, opportunity share is certainly there. This game has my mind absolutely spinning. (laughs) I'm sure you could tell. So what's the recommendation? Guys, I don't really know. I don't (laughs) really know for this game. I have a lot of thoughts. I think there's a lot of spots to pick, but like pick your angle and then play into it. No, but I like your thought there if you know you're stacking. If you're so game scripting, we always talk about game scripting on the podcast. You know, if you're game scripting this for a uh, close game, I like your, your call there to stack Austin Reeves and LeBron because they will be on the floor together. So I think you can take away that from everything yeah, we just if talked you about. LeBron in general, think about going Westbrook because that's like yeah. potential 65 fantasy points at, you know, mid sevens. It's like a seven X guy. So let's talk about the Dallas side of the ball, man. Um, I do like some, man. 
I'm not going to go to Luca. I just think he, it's hard for me to spend up on him when there's so many guys in that 10,000 range um, yep. that I, I would rather have. Agreed. Yeah, so I'm just just not I'm not gonna pay for him. I'm not gonna pay for any of those guys twelve thousand and over. But um Spencer Dinwiddie though at sixty five hundred. Minutes have been up. Dallas is down a few bodies, uh, you know, not necessarily bodies that are gonna be scoring the basketball a whole lot. But I just feel like, you know, in this game, uh if we're thinking that Dallas is gonna blow this out of the water, you know, maybe this is a, a Spencer Dinwiddie special. So sixty five hundred for Dinwiddie. How are you feeling about that? And you know, are there other, you know, Mavericks that you got your eye on right now? Love the Dinwiddie situation uh, because the minutes have been increasing. He's also a guy that gets to the free throw line a good bit. Uh, mm-hmm. He attacks. He's a high volume shooter and he and he gets to the free throw line. So in a game where it could potentially be a blowout where he could see some increased minutes where it could get a little sloppy late, you know, a lot of cheap points could go Dinwiddie's way. I, I think the price, it's been a bit tough to fit Dinwiddie into the lineups that yeah. I've been building with yeah. his price. He's kind of in that middle range, and I kind of want to try and get one more spend up and then go one more value, and putting Dinwiddie in there kind of makes you go with more choosing two middle options just in the way that it shakes out. Um, I think Timothy Hard- Tim Hardaway Jr., the way that his yeah. – uh, <laughs> can I tell a great THJ story before we get before we talk yeah, about him real quick? go for it. All right, one time my roommate who does not li- – my old roommate who does not listen to this pod, so <laughs> we ain't, we ain't got to worry. He was like, you know – flirting with some girl and she's at our apartment and she's hanging out and he's out for a bit. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was at work and hadn't gotten home yet, but the girl was waiting at the apartment and all of a sudden she gets a FaceTime from Tim Hardaway Jr. (laughs) And she answers the FaceTime. And the first words that she says to him is, why don't you have a shirt on? And at that (laughs) moment I knew my boy was not going to, you know, (laughs) this is not going to last for my boy. And, uh, if Tim Hardaway Jr. was shirtless on the other side of the FaceTime, it was better looking than my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and a, hard, about, that's a hard and one. And about eighty million dollars more, uh, more uh, yeah. stacked. Yes, uh, yeah, that that helps quite considerably. Uh, no, but you mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. at fifty three hundred. Yeah, I, I, he's the other guy in the Mavericks I got interest in, and this is the same kind of situation with Dinwiddie. I don't think you stack those two guys. I'd be hard. No, one or the other. Guys. Yeah, great point. One or the other, and I think you know, based on what you said there with salary, uh, I can pretty much eliminate Spencer Dinwiddie out of my out of my lineup. I want to keep him in my pool in case value does open up. You know, maybe someone suffers an injury uh, last minute and we get some uh, you know value that opens up, then I can get Dinwiddie in my lineups. But uh, I'd much, probably rather have Hardaway Jr. here because it's 5,300. He's cheaper, uh, averaging 13 to 14 shots a game in the last you know several games here. Bodies are out again. Um, I mean, he's hit basically 5x value in three of the last four, and he's capable of a much higher ceiling as well if, he, if that three-point shot's falling. So, um, yeah. If if Kleber's out, because mm-hmm. he's out a long time, who's guarding LeBron in this game? Josh Green's out. It's a fair question. Is Reggie Bullock going to play 36 minutes? That is a fair question. That's a fair thought. Uh, he would be a good candidate to guard, you know, King James for sure. I'm trying to think who else they even have there. You're gonna put Luca on him for a few minutes. I mean, yeah, you're gonna put is is, is Finney Smith is out, right? Yeah, Finney Smith is out. Josh Green out, Kleba out. out. So like, is matchup situationally? I mean, Bullock. It just it just it literally just popped into my mind. But like, I mean, that's gonna be super low owned in a game that's being bet 
up in the total. I mean, maybe Bullock hits his threes. Maybe he gets, you know, the stocks. He gets rebound opportunities. He's out there for a long time. You know, I've got interesting. What if they put Dwight Powell on? I mean, then LeBron. Then, then good thing we're putting <laughs> LeBron into our lineups. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, we've seen we've seen him put. You know, you mentioned Cleaver. I mean, we've seen them put big guys on on LeBron before. But you're you're right. I mean, there's really nobody. I'm looking at their roster right now. There is nobody on that roster that's going to stop LeBron. I mean, if he if unless he's content with like standing outside and shooting threes, like he can be. And then they're going to play if then they play zone because Jay Kidd does that. Then which right. makes Austin Reeves a smash play. So the way I'm thinking about this right now is. Reeves and LeBron become locks for me on this slate. And I think there's a strong chance THJ and maybe Bullock, but I I lean THJ. Yeah, I think I, I think can't. Mavs play more zone, and I think this is gonna open up a lot of opportunity for LeBron and Reeves. Bullock might get thirty six minutes out there and he's just gonna get a whole bunch of cardio, man. He's just not it's just Yeah, not, it's gonna be PJ Tucker usage. Yeah, it's not good. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, before I do that, though, guys, if you like the input we have here, if you like this, you know, back and forth, if you like what we're talking about, if you like these points, go to sportsethos.com, sign up for the wager pass, go get it. Um, Mike Fiddle does fantastic work in that, as well as uh, other cappers cap- that are in there. Uh, we have a DFS pass as well, which is way cheaper, but uh, you can get access to that as well, which gets you access to the rest of the DFS team, sportsethos.com. If you get the Ethos 360 pass, you get access to both of those, plus the fantasy pass as well. So if you play fantasy basketball, it makes, makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, sportsethos.com, go sign up for it now. But we will talk about this Boston and Milwaukee game. Boston currently favored by five points, uh, which seems fair. Slam uh, it. Yeah. Slam <laughs> it. 224 game total uh, on this one. So, uh, you know, let me let me just throw it to you, man. You're 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 on fire here with the uh, thought process so far. So on this, you know, Boston Milwaukee game, is is there so much sticks out for you in terms of uh, DFS value? In gambling, there's yeah. this thing called reverse line movement, and it is the number one thing that I love to see happen in the sports book, and it is a, a compilation of all the betting influences I like happening at once. And to put it in very quick terms, it's when there's more money and bets on one side of the line and the line is still moving the other direction. It's just like, wait, why is that happening? And then it raises a bunch of eyebrows. And what you're realizing is the book is taking a stance against the public. And when that happens, you want to back the side of the book. So you're probably everyone listening is like Mike. What the, what the heck is that? <laughs> what I mean, is that? gibberish? Let's put that in terms of it's this good. Boston Celtics Bucks game. So this line opened at Celtics minus four. So FanDuel, you can go to the FanDuel line, you can go to the sports book, you can click the odds, and you can pull up their stats. And right now it says 62% of the bets are on Milwaukee, and 60% of the money is on Milwaukee. However, that line has moved not to minus four and a half. All the way up to minus five. Two ticks of movement, even though consistent money and bets are coming in on Milwaukee. So I want to, like, shoot my freaking pointer fingers like I'm Windhorse. Why would that happen? <laughs> yeah. When you see that happen, you jump on the side that the sports book is backing. So Celtics minus – I got it at four and a half because when I saw that happen, I was like 65% of the bets but going the other way. Jump on it now. I was waiting for that line movement as the indicator. It is my biggest bet of the day. Don't mind it at five either. Uh, Celtics minus five is an absolute bet that I love. Uh, 
I jumped in on the over at 220. It's now up to 224 and a half on FanDuel. That's a little bit of an overreaction. I don't have a, a lean on that total. Um, but I love the spot the Celtics are in. Uh, I don't know how much I love some of their DFS plays. Yeah. But I do think we should put some money on them on their spread. Well, there you go. That's that wager pass insight you're going to be paying for with that wager pass. So go get it. Uh, but no, it, I agree it with you, though. It pays for itself, guys. It does. Uh, you know, it does. Join it there, does. whatever it is. I don't think it's like 15 bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've ever gone. I think there's maybe one month since I've joined it where we were negative units. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a winning team, man. So come join us. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you, though, from a DFS perspective. I actually don't have a whole lot of interest in this game just because of the salaries. And there's just other guys in those salary ranges that I have interest in. So I don't think it's going to be a whole you know, big conversation here in terms of DOS. But there are a couple of guys that I really do like on that Celtics side. I do think I do favor the Celtics in this matchup. So I'm glad that the uh, all that info out there is backing my, my gut feeling here. Um, but I do. I, I'm looking at Brogdon at 5300 uh, and I'm looking at the Bucks being 26th ranked you know, defensive rating against guard in the, for the bench. And I'm looking, you know, grain of salt with that. It's again, this is not like, you know, boom, this is going to happen guaranteed. You know, basketball's got some, some, you know, variability there. Um, but we just saw Tyus Jones had a big game against them. We saw Anthony Simons had a big game against them. We saw Jordan Poole had decent games against them recently, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, Brogdon just kind of fits into that mold for me. And so my gut is just telling me that Malcolm Brogdon at 5,300 seems like a decent play when I'm looking at everybody in that 5,000 to 5,500, you know, maybe even 6,000 salary range. He's just the guy that keeps continually sticking out to me as being in a good situation here. Um, but I'm also going to throw out, before I throw it to you, uh, Mike, uh, Robert Williams at 4,300, which has to be my favorite play. Uh, perhaps on the whole slate, you know, under 5,000 here. Um, but as minutes are ticking up, that's that's all we need to see, really. Minutes are ticking up. As soon as we see that, um, this price is just too, too cheap, too cheap. He probably needs to be more in the in the 6,000 range at this point. Um, and if this is going to be a close game, you know, if it's going to be a, you know, five, six, seven point game, uh, his defense and rebounding is going to matter. He's going to be on the floor 20, 20, 22, 25 minutes. Uh, and that's all we need here for Rob Williams to hit value at 4,300. So um, I hear you agree with me on Robert Williams, but how do you feel about the Brogdon play? So the one guy that I can't get out of my lineups right now, Keith, is Marcus Smart. He's like probably my a lock for me that is probably relatively low owned and yeah, something you're not going to see if you pay for like an optimizer or anything like that. I again, same thing as the Hartenstein Mitch Robb situation. Mm. I hear what you're saying. I love the situation that the Celtics point guard finds himself in this game. Mm. And for that reason, I'm going to play the starting point guard of the Celtics. Mm. So I think Marcus Smart is finds himself in a phenomenal situation. I think he's become a high assist guy. He's shooting a lot of threes. I also think for GPPs, I think Tatum wants MVP. I think that guy is an absolute dog. I think he wants it this year. He is going for it. No nights off. And I think he knows everyone is watching this game against Giannis. Mm -hmm. I think people know. I think, are we going to see what game six Tatum like he did last year in the playoffs? Like that was the best version of Jason Tatum I've ever seen. Is he going to bring that back? I mean, he's even potentially even come out better at the start of this season. So, I mean, love Tatum in this spot in the GPP. He's going to be low owned. People are going to be playing the LeBrons, mm -hmm. the Hardens, this Tatum's in that price range. So if you want to just say, okay, what's my chance to get a, you know, a top 2% lineup on the slate, it's, you know, stacking Tatum and Jalen Brown and hoping that they each go for 35 and seven and five, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. 
there's definite possibilities that that happens, especially with you talking about how bad and overrated the Bucks defense is, especially yeah. the Bucks defense is a funnel for allowing three pointers. Mm-hmm. They have good paint presence in Brooke Lopez and Giannis historically under Budenholzer. They allow teams to shoot threes at a very high rate. Mm-hmm. The Celtics shoot threes at the highest rate or second highest rate in the NBA this season. And they make them with a top five efficiency clip too. So for that reason, I think that makes the Celtics the absolute pound them in the, in the, in the spread. Love the time Lord play. Also going back to that playoff series, time Lord was this, you know, the biggest swing factor in that series besides right. the stars. It was Robert Williams in the games that he looked a shade healthy. They mm-hmm. won. And in the games where he looked a little bit more banged up, they lost. And that game won seven games because he had four good games. So let's hope that we get another good Rod Williams tomorrow because that price tag makes no sense. And he's, he's, you got to put him in there. Yeah. He's just way too cheap. It just um, sucks that he's center only because mm-hmm. the center is such a valuable position too. So you only have two spots to put him either center or utility. And, uh, and that does stink. That does devalue him a little bit, but man, that, that salary is just too hard to, to pass up for me. So for me, uh, he's pretty much a lock, but yeah, I like what you're saying there. Um, and you do get the feeling that, you know, this is going to be, I mean, it's the Bucks and the, and the Celtics. I mean, these guys are going to go at it. It's going to be a close game. So stacking stars on either side, I think, makes a lot of sense in GPPs. Um, but I do think if, if you're going to stack those, I mean, why pay 12000 for, you know, Giannis when you can play, pay, uh, you know, I think it's ten seven or something like that for for uh, Jason Tatum and Brown's cheaper than that, even nine three I think. What's Hauser? Like that. What's that? Sam Hauser's 3500 yeah, I was looking at that. And uh, I mean, uh, we're threes. talking about a guy who could just bang home seven threes in one game yeah. and be the, you know, Grant Williams game seven. No one's going to own him. So if you want to be super contrarian, I would say go for it. I would say go for it. I'll probably so, talk myself out of it by tomorrow like I did. the Yeah, thing. yeah. a little too risk averse. For, I'm a little too risk averse for that. He's uh, a player, right. though. He is a he player. Is. He's decent. He's decent. I like him. Uh, all right. Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies, and the Golden State Warriors. Memphis is currently favored by six and a half points. Game total sitting at two twenty nine point five on DK right now. Um, I I do have some interest here in John Morant ten six. I think he's gonna be too highly owned though. I'm probably not gonna have. I'd rather have LeBron. I'd rather have some of the other guys we talked about here. I'd rather stack the Celtics game over you know over this. So uh, I do think he's probably gonna have a decent game. But I just think that the ownership here in DFS probably doesn't make sense. But talk to me from a uh, betting standpoint here, Mike. You know, is, is there something you're looking at with this game spread and game total? Love the Grizzlies here. Um, it's at four and a half now. I got it at minus one. Tweeted this out a few days ago that I was suspecting that Bain was going to play. Jumped on this as a look-ahead line when it first came out before Bain even returned last game. Obviously, now he's definitely back. Uh, so I got it at minus one. Oh, it's all the way up to minus six, six and a half. And a half now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. So that uh, <laughs> that will, so like I said, six and a half is the threshold at which once it crosses, I no longer want to play the spread. So now right. I would recommend a Grizzlies money line bet, and that's tons of steam to back. So now you're paying a minus two fifty on a money line. It's expensive. But I still think it hits. I love the Grizz kids in this situation. They want to beat this Warriors team. And this Warriors team just sucks without Steph. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't got to beat around the bush. <laughs> there are some good value opportunities here for DFS on the Warriors side, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm on the Grizzlies minus one, but I think if you don't already have a bet like that, it's kind of tough to jump in this now. I mean, honestly, Golden State plus six and a half at home, like that's that's intriguing too. I might even try and jump on the other side and middle this because that inherently has a lot of value too. But no, Steph, it's just hard to hard. Let's talk about this from a DFS perspective. I like the Grizzlies on the money line. Yeah, and uh, I think if you if you want somebody from the Grizzlies uh, to play, though, uh, like I said, I'm probably not playing John Morant. But let's talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. at 6,600. I think his um, in terms of being a ceiling play, I think this is a nice play here because he's a guy that's capable of putting up 45 to 50 DK points. And, you know, there's nobody in the Warriors that's going to give uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. a problem. There's nobody that's tall enough or, or you know, I mean, you can put, what do you put James Wiseman on him. I mean, there's just... I don't see anybody blocking him in that jump shot that he's got, and he's got the ability to block shots on the other end. So uh, obviously the Warriors are a jump shooting team, but we've seen big, you know, bigs really tear up the Warriors on the inside. Uh, now, Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't play the inside typically; he's more of like a perimeter-oriented big. So that is one thing that kind of keeps him back from like locking him in. But I feel like you know, if you get a ceiling game out of Jaron Jackson Jr., this is a good GPP play to me. So, um, but do you like John Moran on this slate for? DFS? Do you like Jared Jackson Jr.? Who do you like on that Memphis team? Ja, I do think Ja has a chance to go crazy. I'm on Ja's over three and a half turnovers prop. No disrespect to Ja. I just thought I love him in this game. And playing his over turnovers is just a way to take what's not going to be a public bet. Like people are going to be right. playing the over 28 and a half points as a public bet, over his points, rebounds, assist prop, whatever it is, right? Right. So I just figured. Man's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going against a great defensive team with a lot of heady, smart players uh, and size and, and you know, wing versatility. Take the turnovers. It's pretty much the same bet. It's pretty much the same. Hey, I think Jaws going to be out there competing really hard for 35 minutes. So, yeah, that means I do like him in DFS. It's tough for me to get up to the price tag considering yeah. I just like I just like Harden more. And, and so mm-hmm. it pretty much precludes that and there's some other you know like my Marcus Smart Harden combo is just I'm not going to pivot off that for Morant at his price tag I think Brandon Clark he's being being given out by a lot of the optimizers I think he's really interesting I'm not sure if it's like chasing steam because of his last game and he's mm. incredibly efficient uh I also don't know if if he's going to get more minutes because the Steven Action Steven Adams Triple J combo not as needed against a team like the Warriors. You don't mm-hmm. need that dominant interior presence from a team that plays with so much pace and space. You need more a guy who can match pace, and that would be Brandon Clark in this situation. So uh, historically, Steven Adams is always very good against the Warriors. Uh, scares me a little bit to play Triple J just because I I have such respect for Draymond that I just almost never want to play anyone going against Draymond. And I know Triple J is the historic, like, bad rap for uh, foul trouble. He doesn't this year. He's actually scoring at an elite level this year. He's not fouling like he used to. So I, I really do like Jaron Jackson Jr. as a player. Love him. I, I absolutely pounded the defensive player of the year uh, mm-hmm. award a few weeks ago. Put that in the DFS Discord. I tweeted that, that out. You could follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. And um, yeah, so I love Trip, but I don't think this is the spot to play him. Fair enough. I think uh, I like yeah. Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is interesting. I, I agree with that. Uh, but hey, uh, Draymond Green is questionable in this one. So if he does sit, he's uh, playing. He's you playing. think he's gonna it's play? Okay. It's, it's right. come on. I just looked up. I also I, I quickly searched Twitter for uh, D Book, 
And Woj tweeted an hour ago that he's playing. Well, there you go. Devin Booker is playing. Well, there that that helps me in the next game here. Uh, okay, but let's talk about the Warriors side of the ball though. Um, Jordan Poole, 8,300. These two, you know, you talked about, you know, this game having a lot of pace. These two teams are in the top five in terms of pace. So it's going to be a lot of going back and forth, going to be a lot of uh, jump shots, going to be a lot of fast break, you know, threes. (laughs) That's going to happen a whole lot in this game. And that just fits a player like Jordan Poole to me at 8,300. And, you know, uh, another guy that's more of a ceiling play than a safe floor play because the floor could just drop out from under you. He could end up with like 28 to 30, you know, DK points and just kind of screw you. So that is more of a GPP and more of a, you know, hitter, hitter, miss type play. Um, but I think 8,300 is a fair enough price for me to go ahead and, and have a few shares of him in my GPP plays. Uh, you know, again, I think, you know, you're getting in transition. You're getting open threes. That just screams a Jordan Poole to me. He's filling that Steph Curry role uh, for the Warriors right now. Uh, you know, how well is he doing it? I mean, obviously not as well as Steph Curry, but he's doing it to an OK level, uh, an OK enough level for me to really consider him here. I think also if you're scripting this, you know, you're saying, hey, the Memphis Grizzlies look good. This is, you know, the spread's climbing in favor of the Grizzlies. So I'm, I'm maybe thinking this is going to be a blowout or it's going to be like a you know, 20 point lead after three quarters. I think Moses Moody at 36. He got 30 plus minutes in the last two games. It was a blowout. It was the other way. The Warriors were losing terribly. But if it's another blowout, he's probably going to look at, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. And at 3,600, um, he could very well put up, you know, 25 or so DK points. So um, I like those two plays on the Warriors side. Are there other guys looking at for the DFS side? Moody is definitely a spot that I'm keying in on for all those reasons that you said. I think mm-hmm. the chances that this game opens up the other way um, because – you know, how bad the Grizzlies want the spot, how uh, how bad the Warriors have been, you know, at basketball. Mm. I think that I think Moody opens up for a good opportunity. I think both Clay and Dre mm. are also really good GPP players. Uh, Clay is going to shoot the ball 22 times. Uh, he's like, I think this usage that DiVincenzo's had in the last few games not going to sustain into a Christmas primetime spot. Home game for the Warriors on Christmas. I mean, Clay and Dre know what they're showing up to the building for. So I think both of their respective price tags have chances to get, you know, 40, 50 fantasy points. Both of them. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, Let's move to the last game, though, on the slate here. Uh, You know, Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. You just said Devin Booker ruled in. Uh, That's got to screw with the line here. So let me take another look here. Uh, Let me reload. Sorry. Bear with me here. It was 3.5 in favor of the Nuggets. Still three and a half. Still three and a half in favor of the Nuggets. I think they always knew Book was playing. They always knew. I think it was priced the whole time as, yeah, D-Book's in. Not too much of a gamer to miss the Christmas game. Fair enough. And a 231.5 game total here. So uh, I'll throw it to you, man. So give me your betting angle here. Denver 3.5 game total there. Anything you like in that ter- in terms of the uh, wager? I like the under. It opened at 232. Uh, mm-hmm. I think to anything north of 230, simply too much for a Christmas game. We just always see Christmas unders uh, being a betting trend. Uh, I've been doing this for 10 years. We used to go 5-0. and on Christmas unders. Now, like I said, it's become somewhat of a public play. So people are picking off like the Knicks Sixers and thinking, oh, okay, that one's going to be the under. Okay. 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 I still think they're all pretty much good under spots. And I think this uh, Nuggets Suns, the line is simply too high. 231 and a half. You said it's at, um, yeah. I would definitely still play the under there. Um, 
the, the pace of the first quarter starts slow. So maybe even looking at first quarter unders. I wouldn't look at a first quarter under for the Grizzlies game because the Grizzlies always come out firing. Uh, and there's a lot of action towards the over in the Bucks celtics game. So I would avoid that one. But again, like Lakers, Mavericks, with with the travel schedule, like the Lakers might just come out really slow and it makes for a good underspot. The, the Suns Nuggets, like CP is back and playing and controlling the pace. Jokic plays a slow pace himself. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is just getting back under his, his legs under him. So maybe he's not shooting as well. So I think these are all pretty solid underspots uh, that I'm mentioning. And then for DFS purposes, are you playing? Are you playing Jokic? Have you figured out a way to go hard in LeBron and Jokic, or you just can't squeeze it in there? There's, there's no way. There's no I, way. I'm not I doing tried that. really, really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. I, I mean, for me at least, there's no, there's just not enough value on the slate right now. And if, if uh, Booker's playing, if you know Draymond does play, then yeah, that, that just squelches. There's, no, there's absolutely no way. Um, but I do like. I mean, if Booker is playing, you know, I, I do like him here, 9500. Uh, I don't like him as much as the other guys you've mentioned. So I think, you know, if we're still, we're still talking about GPP plays. If you want to play somebody, I think who's gonna probably be lesser owned than yeah definitely be lesser owned than lebron james or, or james harden i think it'd be devin booker at 9500 i think it's a fair play here um he has the ability just had 58 points in the last game obviously he has the ability to just go absolutely nuclear uh has the ball in his hands a whole lot i have been, a lot of my fantasy long uh season long teams here and uh you know puts up assists, puts up points, puts up, you know, a rebound or two there. So he's got a pretty nice stat set to give him a safe decent floor because he gets yeah. the free throw line relentlessly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's a safe fit bet there. Um, I don't think I like him as much as a GPP play as that Celtics deck you were talking about uh, or, or the other GPP plays we've mentioned here. So um, I don't think I'm going to have any Devin Booker, but I do like him here still. So I'll just mention him. He's still in my pool. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I do have a lot of interest here actually in Jamal Murray at 6,900. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, I think this is a, I think this is a little bit of a of a pivot from what most people are going to uh, be playing here. I just have a feeling in my gut, man. Jamal Murray here, sixty nine hundred. It's a bit of a, a discount here in the price. Uh, you know, he's been up in the uh, low seven thousands, and I just think the ownership that's what really sticks out to me here is because you know a lot of people are going to flock to those other guards that we've mentioned here, and I just feel like we're going to get like you know something like. I don't know, 5%, 4% ownership on Jamal Murray. And he has the ability to put up big numbers. So I'm into it, man. And I, you know, I'm not going to play Jokic, but I still think if I want to have some uh, exposure to this game, it's got 231.5 as the game total. Uh, you know, again, you said the under's pretty, pretty safe here. And I agree with that. I think I'm actually going to go lock that in as soon as we drop here. But still, I think it's going to be one of the higher scoring games in the slate. So I do, on the slate, so I do want to have some kind of exposure to it. So mm-hmm. he's just the guy that jumped out to me. I don't mind it at all. He's been playing a ton of minutes recently, and he is a guy that could go off in any situation. He's going against Chris Paul, so another very smart defender against him. So I don't always love picking spots against very wise defenders because I think it puts the offensive player in bad spots. Like they know, like the old Shane Batty, it's like I know where to get you to your spots so that you're less efficient tonight. So like Chris Paul, Draymond, like they know those things. Those are vets who know the, the drill. Um I in this game, it's 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 like, do I go with a Bruce Brown because MPJ hasn't gotten his legs under him? And because, yeah, you know, but then I my problem, like, I think Bruce Brown fits into my lineup so nicely and he has a safe floor. But I look at this Phoenix versus Denver game and I just think the reason why Denver went out and got KCP for Barton 
is for games like this is because KCP is going to play 38, 39 minutes Mm -hmm. and be just tracking Booker. So if we look at, um, uh, off ball screen navigation, crazy advanced stat. If you look at how good these players are at covering the person that they're guarding, when Booker is running off ball through a screen to get, you know, his defender off the action and to create space for himself so he can catch in the mid range, pull up a little quick one, classic Kevin Durant. You know, he taught the NBA this move. Um, this is like tracked and KCP is historically one of the best defenders at this. So when you get a situation where they're going against Steph, when they're going against Booker, like this is why they brought him here. And he's going to get a lot of usage. So that makes me want to pull off a guy like Bruce Brown. It doesn't make me want to play into a KCP. I think KCP is getting his cardio tomorrow. Same thing that we <laughs> talked about with Bullock. I don't I think agree. it's going to be usage KCP, but I think right. it is going to pull away from, you know, the the uh, potential of Bruce Brown. I think that could add to the potential of Jamal Murray because Murray might have to do a little bit more on offense, a little bit more creation, a little bit more distributing. Maybe he shoots, you know, a few more times. Um, I think Aaron Gordon makes for a solid play simply because uh, Jeff Green is out and, um, you know, Warriors, I mean, not Warriors, Phoenix can play with pace and they often play a smaller four too, whether it be, you know, Jay Crowder's not there, Cam Johnson's not there. So whoever they're rolling out in the four right now. Yeah. Uh, Tory Craig are, probably. Is it Tory, <laughs> Tory Craig starting? Is he getting all Yeah, he's just starting. He's been handle? getting a lot of minutes, but what's he doing with those minutes? I mean, it's, it's pretty hit or, yeah, pretty hit or miss. He's had a few big games actually for DFS, but no, mostly it's been, it's been missed mostly, <laughs> mostly just getting cardio. But yeah, um, no, I agree with you, man. And yeah, I think I was looking at the Jamal Murray play also went out, you know, Devin Booker was questionable. And so I was thinking, you know, you've got Chris Paul back there. They're going to play some Landry Shamit. So uh, two guys that just, they're yeah, shooters. I was looking at Shamit a lot, but yeah, if, if, Becker, if Booker's in, I'm not playing Paul. Shamit. Yeah. I'm not playing Shamit, but uh, yeah, Jamal Murray's just, is, I mean, I got to look into it a little bit more, but he's still sticking out to me as, as a play I like. Um, but Hey, Let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. If you guys aren't on Thrive Fantasy, go there. I've been playing these things. They're they're a lot of fun. You pick 10 out of 20 player props. The highest score at the end of the night takes up home a uh, prize, uh, a big prize here. It's actually 5,000 uh, for these Christmas games. So I'm playing four different uh, entries in that one. But yeah, Thrive Fantasy, go use promo code ETHOS to get a deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks. And uh, we're going to hook you up here. I've got five plays that I like. I'm, I'm going to get uh, Mr. Fiddle's uh responses here to what he thinks of these plays of mine so a lot of them are pretty safe though so i think you know you're gonna be in agreement with them but uh you know maybe in terms of like game theory they're not the best plays because if you're playing a big a big pool of people you usually want to aim for the highest potential score and uh, a lot of these plays don't have a a very high potential score but anyways uh i've got jalen brunson over four and a half assists and that's 80 points for that play so i think it's a very good chance these hits i've hit in the last seven of the last 10 just seems like an easy call to me uh, you know, I don't feel like uh, he's going to have an off game here. Um, could he? I mean, absolutely he could. If you want to be a contrarian, you can play the under there. But how you feel about that over four and a half assists for Jalen Brunson? I'm a big Brunson guy. I think four and a half should be pretty uh, pretty easy to hit. Um, he's with, hitting with, nine or 12, you know. It's I was like, going <laughs> to say, I was going to say with Thrive, can you can you play for more points and take like a seven and a half? I wish you could. No, the the strange thing, which is kind of fun with Thrive, is that you know they kind of have these lines available like right at the lock of the previous slate, and then they don't change at all. So I don't know where they get these lines from, but then, uh, but then they don't change them. So even if the line climbs or, or drops because of whatever reason, uh, they still keep the same exact line. But yeah, four and a half uh, assists for Jalen Brunson. 
I think that's pretty much a lock for us there. So I'm going to go ahead and move on here. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I have, and you're probably going to disagree with this one. I have under three and a half blocks. Uh, that's only worth 70 I mean, points. Three and a half blocks. Is that's a lot of blocks. blocks. That's a lot of blocks. And even if he's staying, here's the thing. If he's staying in the game, even if he does stay in the game against Joel Embiid, uh, it's going to be one of those games where he's playing smart defense and not going for those crazy athletic blocks that we see him get. So I think four blocks is a really tall order, even against a high usage center like Joel Embiid. So, you know, if he gets in foul trouble, it's an easy under there. If he stays in the game, though, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, he's grabbing boards, he's getting off ball, you know, coming on up for the help blocks, but he's not necessarily, you know, getting blocks on Joel Embiid. So I think the under for three and a half blocks is safe no matter what. Yeah, I think that's really safe. I just looked up his per 36 while you were talking. He averages 3.6 blocks per 36 minutes. I don't think he's getting 36 minutes with high efficiency against Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think that's as safe as it can be. Yeah. Uh, Pat Bev over 0.5 steals. Uh, that's 70 points for that one, too. So it's another safe play. Uh, but this is up against Luca. I mean, he's going to get a steal on Luca. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, if that's available somewhere on some book over. You think Pat Bev steals, guards Luca? No, but I think he'll get one, you know, just based on like an errant pass. Or, yeah, yeah, he'll be flooding the passing lanes. Yeah. Or he'll be he'll be digging down on, on help defense and he'll get a yep. steal on him, something yep. like that. But no, I don't think he's going to be guarding Luka. No. That, I could see him ripping Dinwiddie's pocket clean. Or that, yeah. That happens. <laughs> That's fine, too. Uh, okay, my next one here, uh, LeBron James over 35.5 points and rebounds. Uh, DraftKings actually has him at over 35, 38.5 right now is the current line. So that's 100 points for that one. So that's like a 50-50 play uh, in, their, uh, in their world for Thrive. And I think that's just um, too low. Again, it's a national television game. I think the only threat to this play would be, uh, you know, we were talking about potential blowout because the Lakers have such a tough travel schedule. If that does happen, I mean, maybe LeBron doesn't play the fourth quarter. He gets like 34 or something like that. Um, It could happen. But I think it's pretty safe there. Uh, I'm assuming you agree with me at that one. Yeah, I want the listeners to know that I am playing LeBron in my my lineup. Him (laughs) and Harden are my two spend-ups that I'm locking in. However, if this... Doesn't if this slate doesn't cash for us, this is the one that I'm eyeing as the biggest trap situation and it being a LeBron played 22 minutes and, you know, because of the crazy travel schedule and he comes out post game saying like, you know, we love to play for the fans, but the <laughs> NBA put us in a really hard situation and he does one of his like, you know, LeBron. I hate quotes. when that stuff happens, but yes. <laughs> I, 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 oh. L.A. LeBron is an annoying LeBron. My dog is named after Cleveland LeBron or Miami. (laughs) Heedle's LeBron is really who this dog is named after. Um, But, yeah, I I can – if this doesn't cash, if you were to lose one of these that you've given me so far, this one sounds like the biggest trap of it all. And and this line being lower than the DraftKings line just makes me even that much more concerned. Yeah, it is is a little concerning. I agree. It's fishy. It's real fishy. All right, last one I've got here is Ja Morant over seven and a half assists, and this is another 100-point play, so it's another basically yep. 50-50. And uh, I think it's a pretty good pretty good one there. Again, two teams that are you know top five in pace, uh, going to be up and down. Uh, you, you just you know, mentioned, alluded to it, uh, Michael, but you know they have, the Memphis uh, Grizzlies have a – I almost said Memphis Kings. Memphis Grizzlies have a bunch of uh, uh, incentive here to beat the Warriors team. Uh, DK has this at an 8.5 right now at minus 130 so, uh, for the over. So, you know, I feel like this is – a pretty safe play in terms of uh, those 50-50 plays on that site. So yeah, I don't even think a blowout would prevent you from hitting this one. John Morant's assist line should be strong. 
And you could thank Desmond Bain for coming back and shooting those <laughs> jumpers instead of Dylan Brooks as yeah. the reason why you will get the numbers. Dylan Brooks needs to either shoot less or make more. Choose one, brother. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Brooks is a very frustrating player to watch, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. He's he good. Makes... Like, he's he's really good because of his defense. And, like, he's a clear play. He's like a guy you want on your team for a playoff series. But shoot less or make more. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the uh, – I agree with you there. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, guys. That is your podcast. I hope you all have a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope you guys join us again. I will be on Christmas night to talk about the slate for Monday. So I hope you guys join me for that one. But I am Keith. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bsbpkeith. And I know you already mentioned before, Michael, but where can people find you and all your work, man? You could find me – on this same podcast feed, the DFS Today podcast feed, doing all of the football and NFL DFS stuff. We are going to be continuing that DFS NFL content through the NFL playoffs, doing, you know, weekend slates when there are multiple games to the playoffs, doing showdown slates for, you know, one-off games like the Super Bowl. So definitely we'll be continuing to do all that. I also host the podcast called The Advantage, uh, com, colon, a breaking news sports betting show. I don't even know the name of my own show. <laughs> the Advantage, colon, a breaking news sports betting show. You could find me there. Uh, once the NFL season ends, I hope to be joining you, Keith, a little bit more regularly here. But I will also be doing my own podcast, doing gambling advice for NBA games. And those episodes will only be posted on the advantage feed. So I will not be posting non DFS content on the DFS today feed. That should be self-explanatory. So <laughs> you should be able to join the, uh, the advantage feed and also follow me on Twitter at M fiddle 14. And, but really what I would recommend and we wrap this up is join the sports ethos, wager pass and discord channel. That is where I put all of my bets and all of my information right. When I take it, it eventually makes its way over to Twitter. I post my write-ups to Twitter, you know, before the game kicks off. But a lot of people comment back to me, hey, man, where the hell did you get this three-and-a-half yeah. line? It's at six-and-a-half. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I, I was on that bet four days ago. So yeah. the Discord channel is where all of the bets are posted right when I take them because people are uh, a paid subscription. I want to make sure that they have access to all of the same odds that I get. For Twitter, it's like, you know my leans, you know where my eyes are at, but – for the discord it's like hey you can literally follow right along yeah and uh you guys absolutely follow michael on twitter and uh and you know get those insights even if you aren't in the wager pass but yeah go get that wager pass just do it it is gonna pay for itself um easily so until next time guys go crush those dfs slates thanks for having me keith absolutely man